Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone. And unlike last week, we actually have a guest and a co-host. So you don't have to listen to me ramble on uh, for eternity, as it seems. Anyways, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Marla Brooks for jumping in at the end of the show, though, to uh, bail me out. Anyway, uh, with me, of course, is the Blind Bombshell, Miss Ann Kerrigan. Hi. Hi. Well, it's nice to be back. Yeah, you've been away for a while, right? I know. I feel like I haven't been here in forever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you were alone last week. Oh, that was, uh, yeah. (laughs) Our our listeners are probably also sorry. (laughs) It was good. It was good. good. They love you all the same. It doesn't matter. Oh, good. But I'm back. I had a lovely visit with my friend Lizzie. They tune in to hear me, my voice, anyways. That's it's not, right. Not the content, it's just my warm, fuzzy Your voice. Dulcet tones. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yep, yep, anyway. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. So, joining us now, also from uh, someplace in Scotland, is the. Uh, what is he? Uh, spiritualist medium, no. Stephen Scott. Hi. Hi, Ron. Hi, Ann. Hi, What the hell are you now? I forget. Kilmarnock. K- Craig Lang, is that what you said? Craig Lang. Yes, Craig Lang. Yes. Uh, that's right. That's right. Ah, yeah. How? Not even close. How? <laughs> no, I'm in Kilmarnock. Uh, this is a, that's a still game joke for anyone who likes the TV show Still Game. Yeah. Uh, coming from Craig Lang, where you can get those uh, 1999 Timpson non-slip soles for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> in New England. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm still waiting to see your friend on the show, so I know he's in season seven. So season seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Anyway, great show. If you it's on Netflix, it's called Still Game. Uh, you better put your uh, your uh, closed caption on because you don't understand the freaking thing they're saying. <laughs> Although I have, I have acquired the language somewhat. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been schooling you in Parliamo, Glasgow. Oh yeah. yeah. <coughs> um, what? How? <laughs> How? Gonna know? <laughs> gonna know. <laughs> anyway, we actually got to talk about something else. Hopefully, uh, before I do, I do have to mention a couple of things before I forget because I'm old and I do forget a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, on May seventeenth, up at uh, BZ. Memorial Park, we will be having the Blair Witch Ghost Hunt. And that includes uh, food and, yeah, we're going to go through the woods and haunted places and the house on the hill and all that stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And all the proceeds go to the Friends of BZ Park, which is good. Because we've done some good things there. they got the driveway paved now, and then we're getting a new oven in the in the kitchen. Yeah, life is moving. Ooh, a new oven? Yeah, I know. Isn't that fabulous? Wow, huh? that's exciting. Brilliant. Brilliant. Anyways, um, 
I also want to mention another thing. This is for uh, Willie and Tom Spolari. Uh, they are having their New England Parafest 2019 on uh, – what the hell are the dates? This is the worst flyer I've ever seen. I can't freak the freaking date on it. <laughs> How's the date on it? April 12th and 13th in Kittery. So you can go to the website, which is – here it is. Uh, Essex County Ghost Project. Ghost Project? Huh. That sounds familiar. Huh. Uh, Funny County how similar that is. Ghostproject.org. So uh, there you go. Essex County Ghost Project. Remarkably close to New England Ghost Project. It is. Yeah. yeah. That's my, my, uh, my uh, public service announcement. So All there right. you go. All right. So I was talking a little bit uh before the show, and, and I actually try to get on Vary. Did I get that name right, Vary? Yes, you did. Okay. Vary, I miss well, Vary. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, she couldn't do it, but I've been, I was amazed. I went on her site and was looking at some of the things that she did. Those who don't know, she is uh, Steve's wife, and she's quite talented. She uh, writes, uh, she makes these creatures, I guess mm. you could call them creatures. Felted. Felted creatures, mm-hmm. and all she she's amazing, amazing painter and artist. I guess painter artist. I don't know what what is it. I'm not uh, sure. I, she doesn't really do any painting. Thank you, an artist. I know I was screwing <laughs> yeah, that up. Yeah. That's why I needed <laughs> I needed direction. You know, I, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. Show me direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and I get it. <laughs> she you know, is an amazing artist. She yes. really Crafter, must, she's a felt crafter. I'm very proud of, proud of her, and, and we certainly know that who, what side of the family has the talent. Ah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, I could understand that if we were brother and sister, that statement yeah. might apply. But, um, <laughs> but given we're married and we're from completely different families, um, it certainly explains a lot. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, wait a minute. You are a family. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was just yeah, the way it came I across kind of sounded. Yeah, it's, it sounded a little Game of Thrones too close to yeah, the bone there. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, 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 I, I will the agree with Stephen. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That was a bit Lannister-esque, that mm-hmm. statement. <laughs> I just want to clarify that to everyone. Vary is not actually my sister. Yeah, I am right. not the king in the north. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, Ron. Ron, Ron, Ron. Very, very talented. So uh, I'm very was amazed actually at the, at the, the she's really good part. yeah she's fabulous and i'm really proud of her and um she was a little shy when it comes to speaking but uh that's why she's got me as i think as i said earlier i i end up the front man to her basis basically yeah. bass guitarist she keeps the beat going and i just i i'd basically do the the talky bits yeah, so, we are, we all okay. so let's throw her website out there Stephen. her website she's Thank on you. etsy She's on Etsy, but you will find her under. It's called Fairy Tale Dream Felts by Vary. That's M H A I R. Do you want to convert that to English for us, Ian? Oh, sure. It's it's uh, Fairy Tale Felts by Vary, which is M H A I R I. That's what right? I said. I got that all yeah. right. Okay, yeah, I translated. English, I understood you, Stephen. Yeah. Just saying. Thank you. Because you're used to them, but there are a lot of people out there who say, what the hell did he just say? Oh, oh yeah. Please, please don't make me have that flashback again. 
<laughs> Dunkin' Donuts on in Andover, and there was a little man, and he was talking to my wife, and he understood her fine, and just kept looking at me, going, "Where's he from?" And she's like, "He's from Scotland." No, but where's he from? He's from Scotland. I'm from Scotland. He's from Scotland. Ah, you're from Scotland. But where's he from? And I'm like, "Oh my, oh my goodness!" Yeah, see, you know. And I was speaking perfectly. Perfectly yeah, eloquently. Perfectly. Yeah, yeah, perfectly uh, eloquently. Yeah. You know what? I didn't have any trouble understanding either one of you when you were yeah. here at all. At all. <laughs> the only statement we got was uh, I remember we were in uh, circles, circles of wisdom, and uh, one of the girls in circles of wisdom said, Are you angry? <laughs> <laughs> Are you having an argument because you always sound like you're shouting at each other? And I'm like, No, that's just how. People from this part of Scotland, we are quite loud. We are, we do sound rather coarse. Mm-hmm. You know, there's four R's in every word. Word. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Now <laughs> I know why I drink. Uh... Anyway. Uh, yeah. There's many uh, reasons we all do. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've been watching a new series on Netflix, not a new series, an old series, actually, and it is filmed in Scotland, I believe, and it's called Broadchurch. Did you ever hear of that one, uh, Stephen? Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of Broadchurch. I don't think it's – it may be filmed in Scotland. I don't believe it's set in Scotland. I've not seen enough of it. Hang on till I, I consult my, my guru. No, yeah. we've no, Vary's never really watched it either. Oh, well, there we, you go. We went to watch it just as they revealed what the ending was all about, so there was no point watching oh, it. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no, wow. quite literally. Yeah. It was like the day after it ended, everyone started talking about it, and it, it was on the news about the, the big reveal. This is the big secret of Broadchurch. It is, and it I thought, is in Scotland. Oh, yeah. is it in Scotland? Yes, it's set I, in Scotland. I, I would better bet on it if I was a betting man, which I am, so I would bet on it. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. It starts off that way, and, and, and Broadchurch is the name of the town, so uh, there you go. Anyway, moving right along, let's talk about a Scottish place that everybody knows or should know, and that would be uh, the capital of uh, Scotland, which is Glasgow. Edinburgh? <laughs> just, just, just testing, make sure you pay attention. Oh, right. okay. Ron, yeah. I, you always have 100% of my attention. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, it is almost. Uh, it is uh, Edinburgh, of course, and uh, Edinburgh is, is known as quite the haunted city. I don't know if uh, you knew that, Ann. I did not, but I mean, it's kind of logical that it would be. Why? To me, because uh, it's probably like thousands of years old. How? <laughs> you you mean how? Oh, <laughs> he's having right. a, um, a. Ron's been watching a lot of Scottish TV programs recently, Anne. I've noticed. <laughs> I keep getting these random messages, just Ned's N E D S question mark, and I have to explain to him what a Ned is <laughs> in Scottish language. Um, oh. You know, blether question mark, and I have to explain what blether means and things like that. And yeah. you know, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's basically a full time job. Um, so, to be are you a spare wife? <laughs> A spay wife? No, I'm not a spay wife. I'm more of a kind of spay husband. Is that a thing, a spay husband? That doesn't mean I'm spayed. I just want to point that out to anyone who's listening. <laughs> a spay wife is like a fortune teller or uh, what, gypsy? Uh, no, yeah, just a, a kind of uh, someone who has the gift of sight. Gift of sight, right? Second sight. They have yeah. two wives, in other words. Yes. So, Anna and I are both spay wives. 
because we both can see. Um, okay. It comes from the Norwegian word uh, meaning vision. Spe. See? Spe. Spe. Okay. Go. I believe. <laughs> I can't get the inflection no, right. No, inflection. <laughs> I don't think they can. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we we were talking about Edinburgh. That's where we were, right? And before yes. we get sidetracked again, uh, which we will probably all night. But uh, anyways, there are many haunted places in Edinburgh, and one of the most uh, intriguing ones, I guess, the most scary, I guess, are the Edinburgh vaults. The the vaults are <clears throat> interesting. They are the, the Edinburgh vaults. Edinburgh was basically an old town built, in, well, a new town built effectively on top of an old town. You know, just yeah. to, if people can imagine that. So there's a whole series of streets underneath Edinburgh that were that started to be unearthed. Uh, if I remember right, it was at the turn of the 19th century, around about 1902 or something like that. I think they started unearthing these things. Uh, it, it Maybe, sorry, in fact, it's even later than that. I think it was 1990 or something they started to unearth all these. Um, and what basically happened is uh, as the city started to build up, um, there's lots of myth and there's lots of legend around it that, you know, uh, members of uh, members of, or, of the citizens of Edinburgh who had the plague were kept down there and locked in these things. You hear parts of that in and around Mary King's Close. You know, they closed the gates and locked the plague victims in there, oh. um, which is kind of a myth. It's not really true because... It, there was oh, it isn't true? Well, it, it it could be, but it's it's not really documented as one hundred percent fact. It's a legend, ah, um, and perhaps a myth. Because I, I know that there was the last people who came out of the Mary King's area was in nineteen o two, actually, round about then, and it was mm-hmm. uh, the Chesney family from Mary King's Close, and there is activity picked up in and around their house. The Chesney House within the uh, Mary King's Close, and Mary King's Close forms part of the old underground, which extends out to Blair Street vaults, Nidry Street vaults, and the South Bridge. Uh, so the vaults are the, they're calling the underground what tunnels or underground the, town, the, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like an underground town filled with streets, archways, and areas that were basically accessible. And if I remember correctly. These were kept open for quite a considerable amount of time, even when the new city was formed above it. And it started to become, it started to go from the kind of general part of the Edinburgh underground to mm-hmm. places where maybe kind of the, the more um, scurrilous aspects of society would go. You Ooh. know, uh, there's tales of old smugglers in there, um, mm-hmm. uh, migrant people coming over from Ireland, bringing along with them that type of kind of smuggling entrepreneurship. Uh, uh-huh. And then eventually it starts to degrade into, for example, even body snatchers were known to work oh. from the vaults or were, are said to have worked from the vaults. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of uh, interesting phenomena has been recorded in the vaults over the years. Right. So when you, you talked about the last house there, or the, the chase, what was the name Chesney. of it? Chesney. House. Chesney House. Chesney. I, I believe Chesney you were... House. Yes. Oh, Chesney. And you Chesney. said there was... Cheers, cheers, cheers. Like, any relation to Kenny? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> Western singer, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Chip, Chip Hawks. Who? Could, Chip Hawks. Who? Oh, he's Who? a very famous British singer. His son was Chesney Hawks. But that's... Oh. People in the UK will be laughing right now. <laughs> Good. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. It went right over our heads. Shoop. That's okay. 
That's right. <laughs> we, we were on the right track. We we would know who we were talking about. <laughs> well, I didn't know who you were talking about. <laughs> well, that's why you don't listen to country and western. So anyway, uh, where were we? Oh yeah. So you said when you, when you were discussing that and you went over it briefly, you said there was activity next to the house. And now, what type of activity are you talking about? Are you no, talking, talking about, about general day-to-day workings until they built? What happened was that the the city of Edinburgh has the council chambers, which functions as the local council and local authorities' uh, base of operations. That was built on top of Mary King's Close. Ah. And that, that was built, I think the final works were done just at the turn of the 19th century as well. So the last, I believe the Chesneys were the last people to be moved out of the Mary King's Close area round about the very early 1900s, and I mean very early 1900s. But uh, there's still evidence. I mean, there's EVPs have been recorded in the Chesney House. Mm-hmm. And when you go into, for example, that area of Mary King's, uh, we've actually experienced a couple of things down there, some paranormal, some even more scary than that. So you have been there yourself? I've, I've been in the... I've been in Mary King's Close, and we've been in... Now, wait till I get this right. I don't think we've been to Southbridge. We've been to Blair Street Vaults and Nidri Street Vaults. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one that has the witchy circle we've still to go to, and I'm sure that's Southbridge. If okay. anyone's when on you... the chat room and can correct that for me, though, please do. I'm sure okay. it's the Southbridge vaults that's still when so you, all, when you go there, you these... can report back. <laughs> <laughs> so all these vaults are still in existence and you yes. are accessible? Oh, they're completely accessible, yes. You do have to go as part of a group or a tour. They're generally run by several groups that have access to these. Access is restricted. You can't just walk in. So you you do have to have specific access to yeah. it. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, because there's, some of them do tours there. Then they also do going from the underground vaults. They'll then move up to the Covenanters prison, which is oh, yes. uh, the, which is at where the Mackenzie poltergeist is said to function. Ah. About the Mackenzie uh, crypt. Hmm. And I've I've been do, there as well. I've also been in the do, Covenanters. Do you prison. know that story, Ian? Uh. Uh, isn't that where they starved all the people? Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they starved the prisoners. They didn't let them out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And do you know? Do you know the the type of activity that there are many stories and about tour guides going in there carrying, uh, bringing people with them and being attacked by the the poltergeist. The Mackenzie poltergeist. Yes. There's a really famous book called The Ghost That Haunted Itself, which is all about the Mackenzie poltergeist. And I have to say, I've got it. And I've unfortunately never read it. It's on my list of things to do. Um, <laughs> I'm just waiting on my, my eyes getting better so I can do that. Um, and, um, I'm going to be a spay wife again. I can be, yes, absolutely. But um, so it's. I, I yes, mean, go me, on. Myself personally, I've been in the Covenanters prison and we've been through. Oops, forgot to kill that. Greyfriars Graveyard, and I've never experienced anything <clears throat> overly negative. We've experienced some weird things happening there. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is mostly the people who go there at night. Uh, I thought you had to go with tour, tour guides or something. Yeah, we did go with tour guides. We went during a Halloween tour, uh, uh, and well, no, it was. You think it would be bad, but I honestly think that um, if you remember back to the days of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, I think yeah. I don't think ghosts come out at Halloween because it's so it's so much of a trope nowadays that right. you know, everyone expects them to turn up. So I don't think we'll bother. It's just embarrassing if anybody haunts anyone at that time of year. Um, it's I think just they're already 
you know what you know what's funny is in we when I first met Maureen and in uh, I said uh, went on our first investigation together. It's we actually started doing these things with WNDS News, and basically it was uh, going out to four locations every Thursday. Uh, night and with the reporters and, and, and investigating, and then it was ending up on Halloween night. So we did three different ones, and they were all pretty good. And then we went to Halloween. We went to a, what's one of the most haunted cemeteries, uh, the old Hill Burial Ground in, in Newburyport, where I got slime before, which is you know kind of cool in itself. But we went there that night, and honest to God, it was dead. <laughs> Halloween so night, the most haunted place. We're on TV and it's dead. So. Well, see, the stories of Halloween is where the veil between the worlds gets thinner. So that means when we stop and think about this, let's look at this. That means that the spirits of the dead can come closer to the living. So the spirits of the dead can be with the ones they love. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know. What, nobody they, loves me? Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying at all. Oh. What I'm saying oh, is, is, is that. Get. Yeah, the people who are buried there were going them. to, yeah. The people who are buried there, if they are ever going to come back on Halloween, they're not going to come back to be with you. They're going to come back to be with the family members, right. whatever you know. So it's if the veil is thinnest, it doesn't always mean that there's some sort of malevolent entity ready to jump out, jump up out the ground, like you know, Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman and chase <laughs> you across a field. It, it it doesn't always mean that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've I, I usually find Halloween is. It's Halloween's a great experiment in psychology. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, and closely, I mean, happening at the same time as Halloween, you've got uh, Dia de los Muertos. Oh yes. And so that's again the the spirits coming back mm -hmm. to be with their family and be yeah. honored and and fed and and fed and watered. Fed well, they have these. There. They, yeah, they have the big altars with the food and the drink and uh, the candy, the sugar skulls. So, I mean, yeah, they, that's why they're there for so their family. I didn't expect my father-in-law this year, huh? <laughs> oh, good luck. Mm. Good luck with that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that's quiet and dead. So, you were saying you did have some <laughs> experiences there, though, that uh, were certainly frightening. In the Mary King's Close, we had something that was very, very interesting. Um, Mary King's Close is split up into several sections. I know we're focusing on that rather than the vaults itself, but I'll, I'll go with where my memory is best. That's good. And within Mary King's, you've got there are several kind of known ghosts. There's the kind of supposedly haunted Chesney's house, but then you've got the ghost of Annie, who's a little girl who was oh. who apparently died from the plague. And people leave. It's quite creepy. You go into this underground room. It's dark. It's dank. It smells kind of horrible. <laughs> um, the I feel like my house. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, and the it's filled with toys that people have left behind for this oh. little ghost. Yeah. And there's a hole in the wall just down from that. And apparently, if you put your hand through the hole, you, some people feel a child's hand in their hand. Oh. Now that sounds horrible, but when you stop and think about it, is that that horrible? Uh, it's apparently, no. I, I think they say it was a chimney sweep or something like that. It was they always wipe their nose, though. Oh, oh, right. You know, a snotty hand. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I, I, as a rule, I hate holding the hands of real children. You know, spirit yeah. children I don't have a problem with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 
I was. Have you ever noticed that when a child grabs your hand to like cross the road, it's uh, you, you would swear it's super glued on. It doesn't matter what you do, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> you, know, you can shake it, you can throw it behind you, it just doesn't let go. I yeah, and it's um, so you've got this little girl Annie who's supposedly down there, and people leave toys for her, and toys have been known to be moved. It's been caught on camera by some, you know, well-known TV shows as well. <laughs> and um, so it must be true. And um, on top of that, you've got the other section where you, you again you can put your hand through a wall and you can feel a spirit hand on the other side. Um, but you've also got the playroom, which is a room that's set up to show what life would have been like during the plague. Oh, and there is... There are F, I'm sure. There are mannequins in this place. Now, the oh, mannequins... Yeah, you have someone who's a plague victim. Over the top of that, you have a plague doctor and you have another plague doctor with those large kind of <laughs> long nose-type the, things the, in the, the corner. The big nose. Like billing company. Yeah, yeah right. the big nose. Yeah, yeah, apparently full of potpourri to keep the smell away. So, <laughs> so I take my family my loving wife, Vary, down into the vaults and there's the two plague doctors. And I see her getting a funny look in her eye. Uh -oh. And we're down there and there's a group with us. And one plague doctor standing over a victim and the other mannequin in the corner. So Vary gets that look of, hmm. And she starts wandering over to the one in the corner. Mm -hmm. And I can see her finger coming up like E.T. <laughs> and it slowly comes out and pokes it. Now, this was a planted actor who was supposed oh, to turn no. round at the last minute and scare everyone. Oh, until no. my wife creeps up behind him in a haunted location and pokes him in the back. Ah. At which point, this guy screams. The room screams. He runs out the room. And Vary's left standing there like E.T., phoning home with her finger out, wondering what the hell just happened. Oh, my God, uh, that's funny. And the whole room goes into an apoplexy. <laughs> People run out, they're lined oh, up like an airplane, it. you know. Women and children have been slapped to bring them round. There's whole lines of people trying to control everyone else and the whole place goes crazy. So, yes, um, so it wasn't so much paranormal. But then, as we go out, um, we're leaving the vaults that night and the, one of the... I forget the name of the room, actually. One of the, you're going to have to I hold think it, that thought. Ah, I will hold it. We're going to have to take a break. So we'll in order back. to know what happened, you're going to have to hang on. You're oh. listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan Carrigan and Ron Cole. <laughs> and our special guest, Stephen Scott, right here on Tojanet and Perex Radio. We'll be right back after the following massages. <laughs> Do you have a paranormal event? book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 hello hello can you hear me my name is harry price i am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para X Radio, The Ghost Channel, 
and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest this evening, Stephen Scott. Hey there. Hello. Hello. And you were just so... about to leave yeah. the Mary Gussie course when something happened. Yes, the Mary King's close. Yeah, yeah. And we were, we were on our way out and this is just as we got to the Chesney's house section. And as I've told you guys before, I am completely EVP deaf. <laughs> it's just garble to me. It sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher, every single one of them. And this EVP they played outside Chesney's house, uh, I actually heard. And oh. I could hear it clear as day. And it was a voice that said I was murdered. Oh. What was weird was, hardly anyone else could make it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. So it was one of those strange things. Then as we were leaving, the guide that takes you round stopped and said, so you stopped at this door and we couldn't go beyond it because the flooring had degraded mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. and it was quite dangerous. And I believe there's also asbestos paint on the wall, so you weren't actually allowed in that section anymore. Uh, yeah. And she's pointing into this area and talking about how people in the past have seen a door move. Again, at which point my wife said, oh my God, that door's moving. Mm -hmm. And when we looked around, the door at the back was actually moving. Wow. So again, apoplexy. Um, <laughs> tour guide unable to do what was going on. I can't remember the exact details around it. I've just been corrected that that wasn't exactly what was said, but it's it's close enough to it to get the point across. But uh -huh. uh, my wife actually saw the door moving, and when we turned around, you could see the back of the door just starting to settle as it stopped moving. Wow. Now, there, there's very little wind down there. There's very little that you can feel. There was no airflow through that particular area that we were in. So it was really quite interesting uh, to see that. But again... The way the guide was talking, this is something that usually happened that she'd never seen, and then it was just pointed out straight after it, but that door's moving. And it wasn't just Vary that saw that, or myself. There was mm. also other people there who also saw it moving. Wow. So again, wow. the tour moved very quickly on from that point. It would have been nice to stay for a little longer. <laughs> right. Though, the guide really didn't like the fact that perhaps this might be true. Oh, um, for goodness sakes. You know, time oh, to go back to that Saturday right Walmart right job. Now. It's obviously safer. Um, <laughs> Run, dude, run. I <laughs> know, yeah, right? You're going to be the taunted tour guide. You should be used to it. Or yeah, at least but... welcome it. Yeah. So, before we go on any further, I do have something I want to talk to you about. And, and, and you know how I am very much squirrel or chipmunk. Yeah, there you go. Uh, pretty uh, much, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I want to bring it up now so I don't forget yet. And uh, last night we held the red light seance again, which we have been doing for over four years now. Wow. And I do want to talk to it, 
talk to you a little bit more about seances and stuff at, at the end of the show if we have time. But um, interesting thing, we had a baby come through. A baby? So, yeah. Stephen, have you ever had that? Yes. I have had – I've given a message from Platform before. Yeah. Where I have had someone come through – and this is going to sound really strange with the body of a baby, but being a fully uh, cognitive and vocal adult. Really? Because they would have passed about 25 years previous. Mm -hmm. And the only way they could let themselves be known to who they were looking for was by portraying the fact that they had come through to this life and then only survived for a very short period of time. So and that's the problem. Sorry. We were having because it started. We, we connected with this baby. It was a female baby, and we had a question. We communicated with her, and, and we got into a debate. And by the time we finished, of course, she had left. So that was pretty much it. <laughs> but I had to ask you about that. So you, they, they would, you would be able to understand them, and, and they'd be very yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, because mm. spirit, spirit are not that baby. Spirit, when they come through are a fully cognizant and aware entity able to vocalize and put their information across. Okay. Just because they appear as a baby doesn't mean to say that they that this is, you know, they they're a newly born spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't come through. I've got a message I'm hearing goo goo ga ga. So <laughs> that that doesn't work. But what yeah. I have done is come through with a message talking about there's a child here, it was an energy it bounced into this world and back out. And it would have been some time ago because the child is speaking to me. But you don't hear it from the baby. You hear it from outside of the form that you're seeing, if that makes oh, sense. Okay. Well, that's yeah, it. Right. it works with me. So I, I hear it clearaudiently, but mm -hmm. I see the child clairvoyantly. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. That's so strange. So I've got two different huh? conversations. Well, I've, I've got two different information streams, both related to the same message going on at the same time. Oh, that's freaky. And okay. then clairsentiently which means that that's sense of kind of clear understanding, clear, understanding yeah. clear awareness, is that I know that these two information streams are connected to the same spirit entity. Mm -hmm. So you've got what you see, what you hear, and what you feel all happening individually, but you know it's connected. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I so wanted to push that, but uh, yeah, didn't happen, so that's a shame. But who knows? Maybe in the future, when we, like I said, we've been doing this for over four years, and uh, uh, it'll be country. Can, can I say, Ron? Do you, do you record everything down? Does it all get registered? And yes, we do. Yes, Great. we do. Because keep in mind that came through, because you might find a connection with somebody older who's actually that same person, and they're trying to get rec themselves recognised by appearing at different stages of their development. Intriguing. So just just keep an eye out for that, where some of the same information comes right. forward. And it's not it's it's not one entity trying to be someone different. It's one entity trying to express different aspects of its development. We do get, you know, different spirits that have come in before and like last night there was a uh a uh, a woman that was killed in a uh uh car accident on one twenty eight and she had been there before and uh yeah, so that would that was uh intriguing. And and we have other ones that we actually have some a a a, uh, a guy that doesn't like us very much and, and kind of jumps in once in a while. Oh, yeah. Annoys. 
mm-hmm. annoy us. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we have a, some people that come back again. But, yeah, that's the whole purpose is to try to understand it and uh, to try to understand what the early spiritualists went through, and especially in the physical mediumship end of it, which is where we're, what we're trying to work with, although we still use the mental mediumship uh, we do uh you know, our main goal is to get more physical mediumship than than uh, mental mediumship. Can I just say, Ron, that I've, I've got complete respect for you for having that seance going for so long because that is ultimately what it's about. There's, there's a lot of people come into, I'll call it the movement, the spiritualist movement, and mm-hmm. they expect results immediately. Right. You know, and it doesn't work that way. You know, right. it's life doesn't work that way, uh, but particularly that type of development doesn't work that way. And what it needs is people like yourselves to sit down and work hard, not at trying to get results, but just trying to sit, sit in what's called the power, sit in the power and see what develops. Mm-hmm. Because the more you do that, the more familiar, and it has to be almost the same group every time. You know, you, you have to have a core there. Of we, do. we do have a core, people. but there is a change. That's one of the things yeah, that that's okay. is kind of a setback for us because I would like to have the same uh, people there all the time, but we absolutely. don't. We do have a core, yeah. though. You're absolutely. And it's it's important because it's trying to make us a ring out of chain links. Mm-hmm. And if one link gets broken, you need to fix it or close it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that can cause... It, that when you bring someone new into a circle, it can disrupt the energy flow. You know, right. and it right. also means that the circle leader has to maintain control over someone, over an unknown entity, not from spirit, but a, a human unknown entity who has its own desires, wants, egos, all that kind of thing for oh, coming okay. along. You know, and oh. it can cause problems. I've led circles with some, so I've had to kick people out of circles before. Really? Oh, yeah, no, well, yeah that's a story for another time. But um, <laughs> oh, it's just people come in and want to be heard. And I appreciate yeah. that, that we've all got a voice mm-hmm. and we deserve to be heard. But that's not the time and place to do it. Right. You know, when everyone's there to develop and sit in that power and try and develop their own spirituality and their sense of connection with spirit, that's not the time for you to stroke your ego. Yeah, because right. a lot of time, you know, you get people in there and they continually just want to steer it back to them. Yes. Yeah, and I, that's I, I call not it the donkey principle. There. Yeah, it's the donkey principle. If you remember the movie Shrek, mm-hmm. you know, pick me, pick me, pick me, yeah. pick me, where right. donkeys jumping up. That's exactly what it is. And it's uh, and yeah, they they want to be the centre of everything. Yeah. Perhaps because they're going through stuff. Perhaps because mm-hmm. they've never been the centre of everything. But that's not the time and place. No pun intended. Right. That's not the correct medium for getting that out uh, there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's intriguing, uh, and, and you know when we do these things, it's it's not like we call to specific spirits. Uh, you know, we basically call for spirits that want to work with us, or the spirits that have messages yeah. for us. So those are the ones. We, although we tried something different uh, last night, we had people bring uh, for bring if they wanted to connect with someone, to either bring a photograph or, or an item that. Uh, belong to them and to see if we could connect with them, which uh, it, it turned out uh, fairly good because mm-hmm. during the night we had uh, one person's mother come through and uh, another person's grandfather came through. And uh, so, that, I was going to say, Ron, sorry, that that that, that type of thing's great because it gives people a communal focus mm-hmm. and it means something to at least one person in the group. So then. 
all that energy gets directed towards them. So whether wittingly or unwittingly we do that, you know, it's it's within our nature as spirit ourselves, living in a human right. life to want to help others. So if we can help people reconnect in that way, it's it's natural for us to want to do that. The human side of us that you know that gets up, eats, sleeps, does the rest, you know, you know, <laughs> votes in certain people, votes out certain people, decides to do certain things in their life, that's just part of human life. But when it comes to actually working in a spiritual existence, we work on a very different level, sometimes a very alien level that our physical lives can't even begin to understand. It's right. like, because it's so distant. So it's, I, th I think it's great you guys do that circle. And it's people need to, I'll, I'll be honest, people need to look at that as an example of how to do these types of things, uh, particularly if everything's been documented and everything. That's great. It's great research. It's great work. And also, that's what you need to do if you want to start seeing things developing within yourself. So, you know, my hat comes off to you, you, you guys for doing that. There's not enough of that in the world nowadays. Yeah, yeah there, you know, I mean, there are certain problems with it, and you touched on on some of the problems uh, whenever you get people involved. There is, you know, that human nature aspect of it. Uh, but we try to have everyone work with it. And unfortunately for, like, Leslie, Leslie is the, the main medium there, and uh, she goes into so much of the mental mediumship, which is, you know, I have to reel her in because that's, that's not the ultimate goal of the, the thing. It, we're, you're really, my aspect of it, okay, my aspect of it, people come for different reasons. My aspect of it is to study the, the more of the early physical mediumship stuff. So, uh, and the spirit will talk to you through physical mediumship. They don't always have to talk to you. Maybe easier at times, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you have to kind of steer them in that direction. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I agree with that, and and it's it's <clears throat> um, physical mediumship is something that that I do believe in. Now, I've experienced very little of it, and I know oh, that I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, I must be psychic. Um, yeah, I've experienced <laughs> what I would consider very little genuine physical mediumship. I've right. experienced people going into trans mediumship, and I've experienced people going into trans physical mediumship. Yep. But I've 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 touched and worked with very lightly with physical mediumship I've experienced on myself um, like transfiguration, a change in my own facial right. structure and that has been seen by others but that's not me, that's spirit so right. I, I want to clarify that that's not me that does that I just step back and right. they'll come in and it's happened on two or three different occasions one was a public forum actually where it happened, where I was working with another one of my colleagues on a charity event and I went a little too deep into my meditation while he was working, and people saw uh -huh. my face change. Oh, wow. That spirit coming in because I stepped a little too deep out of myself. I was maybe tired. It was after a long day at work. I was maybe distracted, or I just allowed myself to go a little deeper than I intended. Mm -hmm. But um, my wife saw it, and I know at least another two people saw it, because other people said to me at the end of the night that they'd seen something weird happen with my face. And I thought, yeah. well, that's just my face. It is a bit strange. <laughs> I mean, so true. It's, so true. it's been transfiguring into Duck Dynasty, according to Ron. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there we Duck go. Dynasty, that's right. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, even uh, Edelman shaved his beard off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was so disappointed about that. I was like, big, big J yeah, let the side on. down. Why did he do that? He suited it. Yeah. Anyways, I love it. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it blew. I pretty. like beards, but 
And he's, you know, you couldn't even see his face. Yeah, I'll need to send you a photo of me then. He's just gone crazy. Yeah. Duck Dynasty. Just picture Duck Dynasty. That's all I have to say. Anyways, going back to what we were talking about, uh, Transfiguration and other things. I mean, I have witnessed uh, Maureen transfigure in broad daylight. In fact, our book agent did it at one time where it happens. But she has a good uh, analogy of it, which it's it's in our book. We've written two books together, Ghost Chronicles and More Ghost Chronicles. And she, she calls it like a mask that comes over her face like it's it's not her it's it's spirit basically what you're, you're saying mm. steve it, it's she she calls it a mask because it's it's not really her it's it's something else and i She's think that's a good whisperer. analogy what's yeah, that sorry i said she's yeah. a whisperer for my walking dead home oh uh, yes yeah. i know what you mean now yeah a yeah whisperer. Uh, but anyways yeah. 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 But that's exactly what it's like. It's uh, when every time I've experienced it, it's not like something settling over my face. It's almost like I just moved back a couple of millimeters, but right. there's something still in front of me. That's the best way I could explain it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've kind of gone into myself, and it feels as though I've just literally dropped off a small ledge a couple of millimeters deep. Mm-hmm. But but there's still something in front of me, and it's really strange when that happens. Um, but uh, I've got a colleague who bringing us back to Edinburgh, he lives outside of Edinburgh, and he's been sitting in his own development group for physical mediumship for about, I think it must be about 12, 14 years now. And they've only had a couple of things work. And he's a very well-developed medium. He's been doing mediumship for about 25, 30 years. Oh. Wow. So it doesn't always happen quickly. And it happens when the group is in the correct place, the people who are there are in the correct place, and more importantly... The, the people in the circle are ready to receive something like that. Mm-hmm. Because spirit won't deliver it if it's going to send someone into a psych ward. Uh-huh. You know, if it's going to tip them over the edge. Okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll you know, we've, people... we've had some dramatic times mm. uh, in the circle as well. We've had okay. some very uh, emotional times and, and also uh, a little bit on the scary side for some people. But... Uh, yeah, it, it, that's the whole thing. I want to understand. We, 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 as I mentioned before, we we ask spirit to uh, to work with us. Uh, those are the ones we we call upon, and and we've had everything from college professors to uh, some famous people, uh, to you know, a baby, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the intriguing things is, is we had, and and I'm sure we mentioned this on the show before, is is we had a uh, uh, a tarot reader. Uh, yeah. come through and actually show us the cards. Other words, speak to us through tarot cards, huh, cool. which was intriguing. And we had a scientist uh, come through and give us a schematic, uh, oh. which, yeah. And the only problem is there's no values on it. <laughs> but that's other than oh. that, it's perfect. Wow. <laughs> Not too helpful, right? No, no. Well, we're working on it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> So it, it's an intriguing thing, but uh, I know we, we, we kind of sidetracked on that. But uh, anyways, going back to Edinburgh, where your friend holds his seance for the last 25 years. Something uh, like Yeah. yeah. Uh, is he you – now when he – well, let's let's talk – go back to what your experience is in Edinburgh. Let's cut that way – cut back to where we were. We'll go back in time. Woo! 
Remember, you had just gotten out and you were at the Chasey house. Chesney house. Chesney, yes. Chesney. Chesney. Yeah, Kenneth Chesney. Uh, anyways, <laughs> and Laurie, I mean, Valerie just scared all the people out of the house. That's what we looked at. <laughs> Uh, well, to be honest, uh, I think she probably scared half the half the ghosts out of the house as well. But there you go. Um, she can't hear this, right? Yeah, she's sitting behind of me. Of course she's she not... can. Oh, that's a shame. Right there. This is the bedroom. This is the boudoir that we're in right now. Yeah. It'll be it'll be a cold night, cold night in Edinburgh. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, move along. Okay, so what other experiences have you had there? Well, uh, when we went into some of the other vault areas, um, if, if that was about the most of the... Uh, the only thing that I could also add to Mary King's was the kind of hole in the wall. There was a couple of people did it, a couple of people didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be honest, when I put my hand through, I did it with a very open mind, but I didn't do it expecting anything. Right. And I did feel something touch my hand on the other side. Now, I don't know if it was dust, if it was air movement or whatever, but it did Spider. feel as though something... It would bother <laughs> me. It, it, it did feel as though something had enveloped my hand. Now, it could have just been a change in air pressure, a change in temperature. Right. I don't know, because I was only able to do it hand in, think about it, hand out. And, you know, I would rather have sat there with my hand in it for about half an hour to see if anything happened. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or longer, you know, to do a prolonged test of it. Yeah, you know, Remember what happened with Flash Gordon? I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yes, with Peter, was it Peter Purvis? The old, he was a, we used to have a TV show here called Blue Peter, which was a kid's show. Mm-hmm. And it, it basically stopped him getting bored after school and showed them how to make things out of, you know, uh, toilet roll tubes and plastic containers. <laughs> uh, and they used to do stuff and he was, a, he was a star from that. So when he appeared in Flash Gordon, you know, um, oh. yeah, it was a, it was quite a thing, but um Oh, I just want to scream, Gordon's alive now. Uh, Brian, blessed voice. Uh, that's a terrible movie. We were actually at a convention, getting back into what we were talking about earlier with Vary and her craft work. We were at a convention last year and Sam Jones was at it. Uh-huh. So he, he, he was one of the guests uh, there. So I, I have literally rubbed shoulders with Sam Jones. I stood next to him. Yeah, and he's coming back over this year. So we have officially been like eight inches away from Flash Gordon. Cool. There we go. So... It's funny how it all ties in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, when we were in there, I had that experience in this kind of bricked-up wall type thing. But um, some of the other things that happened, some of the more interesting things happened in some of the vault areas where, uh, as you go into the vaults, I, I can't stress how creepy these places actually are. If you allow your natural human psychology, fear of the dark, fear of enclosed spaces to mm-hmm. come in, there are rooms in here where there's two or three dark corridors and we're not talking about nighttime dark we're talking about underground dark no light oh if you switch the torch off it is pitch black you cannot see anything in front of you mm-hmm. you know uh, so it's it, it's very claustrophobic you're underground you've got right there's a lot of uh, ultrasound i think as well from all the if not ultrasound then vibration from all the vehicles mm-hmm. overhead mm-hmm. that kind of permeate down through the ground infrasound yeah and things like that you've got the general settlement of the ground round about you you've got water dripping uh, and it's it's a very claustrophobic very kind of fearful atmosphere i can only imagine what it used to be like back in the day when there was small candles and little you know alcoves in the wall and that was the only light for about 30 feet it must have and i can see why you know some of the more um nefarious 
characters would have operated down here because you could you could basically do whatever you wanted and within about ten feet of someone else and they wouldn't within three feet. So it's when you're down there. Uh, we were in a couple of areas, and apparently there's a. Now, as as we turned into this area, the guide stopped us, and I think it was at Blair Street, but I couldn't be quoted in this exactly. And I looked down, and I saw the spirit of a dog sitting right next to us. Hmm. And I said to Vary, "You're not going to believe this. There's a dog, and it was wow. almost like a half yeah. bulldog, half terrier kind of beast, uh-huh. like a big big terrier." And oh. I thought. But it was oh, friendly. Was it the one from the, the was it the one from the copper? Greyfriars Bobby? No, yeah, it was no, it wasn't Greyfriars Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Greyfriars uh, Bobby's Bobby. a lovely little thing. No, this this was quite robust. This was uh, <laughs> oh, okay. This was more robust. a kind of um, yeah, this was more a kind of uh, fighting dog almost it looked like or some sort uh-huh. of kind of bulldog. Oh, okay. okay. You know, big kind of bull terrier kind of thing but it just sat and it, it looked really friendly and then yeah. the guide said I pointed to Vary into that corner and I said there's some sort of dog sitting here and just as we said that the guide told us that someone brought their own dog down there one year mm-hmm. and the dog she literally turned to the corner I pointed that just a second ago and she says and it barks into that corner oh, and, oh wow and she said, we think it's some sort of dark man that preys on people and I was like <laughs> I think it's bar- I was I was like to vary. I think it's barking at another dog actually, but um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but and I, I, again, some interesting things. I just got, wasn't uh, sniffing it. I, well, yes. I mean, <laughs> that would be an experience, wouldn't it? Go up to sniff it and then walk straight through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why some dogs look kind of terrified all the time. Cause that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but and no, I'm not saying I have all the answers, and I was completely correct. There could have been someone there. Mm-hmm. There could have been a spirit man there that I couldn't see, but for some okay. reason I saw that dog, and then literally so ten seconds later, I was told a dog bats into that corner. Uh-huh. Well, you're a dog person, so ah, I think... and a cat person, and, and a, a cat. tortoise. There you go. Yeah, cat I mean, person. you're an animal yeah. person that yeah. you you sense those things. Quite possibly, yeah. I'm possibly more attuned to that, mm-hmm. and I can relate to dogs. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> Me too. Really. <laughs> and cats. And tortoise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, anyways, we are we are running out of time. That was doorbell, which means the zombies are at our door, and uh, we've got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Stephen uh, Scott has been our guest. Uh, Stephen, if people want to find out more about you, how can they do that? Uh, they could check me out on Facebook under Stephen W.K. Scott, Spiritualist Medium, or see me at uh, wordpress.stephenwkscott.com. Oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, if you want to check out uh, Valerie's uh, apps and stuff, you can go. We posted it on our page, didn't we, Ian? Yes, we did. Oh, brilliant. Okay. I'll let her know. That's fabulous. Thank you. And that's yeah. at Fairy Tale Dream Felts by Vary. Yes, that's the one I posted. For yes. Etsy, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's also got her webpage, which is fairytaledreamfelts.co.uk. You do have to go awesome. check her felts out. I mean, the, they're just amazing. Harry Potter and now Game of Thrones. Mm. And she had some... Uh, Does she uh, have Stranger Things Van as well. Stranger Things. What? Van Helsing? We could do you a Van Helsing. Oh. Van Hel- no, Van Helsing? Uh-oh. What is that? <laughs> Jeez, I'm a legend, legend of my own mind. Come on. Always, <laughs> always, yeah. Hey, anyway, it is it is pretty cool stuff. And uh, Anne does have her own stuff as well, which she'll be selling up at Spirit Quest this year as, 
So uh, I'm excited about that. So she's got yes. some new stuff she's My working Zen on. And, uh, and speaking about Square Quest, uh, early early tickets are on sale right now. And uh, go to anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. This the tunes, and we got to go. So thank you all for listening. Steve and Scott, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Good night Steven. and God bless. Good, Good night, night everybody. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.